This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. Hello, music junkies. Welcome to the Rock, 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 Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Mark, and with me is your pal and mine, Frankie D. Hey, Mark. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us on this rock and roll adventure. Remember, we're available to you on Spotify, Apple Podcast, even Amazon Music, or wherever you find podcasts. We're even on fucking YouTube. Oh, man, I said I was going to curse less. <laughs> That's right. Whatever. Now, new episodes, they drip to the drop directly to your ears every Friday. And, of course, we do all this for your listening pleasure. So what the heck is Check Out This Record? Great question. Thanks for asking. This is the podcast where Frank and I recommend albums to each other to check out and give them a thorough review. Uh, we also have a wide variety of musical discussions like our Spotlight series, where we'll dig into a, a band's catalog, excuse me, and see what comes out on the other side. Or in our Versus series, where we'll pit two albums against each other, and we have them duke it out for total stereo Man, see, if you watch that on YouTube, you would have seen Frank's eyes roll to the back of his head when he did that. Oh, it's really spectacular. If you're into stuff like that or uh, like, say, social media, be sure to check us out on Instagram or our Facebook group where um, we like to drop additional content that will hopefully leaving you some more Frank's kind of musical goodness and know how and, you know, whatever memes I can steal from the Internet for you. That's right. It's all about farts, folks. And don't forget mm -hmm. to pop on over to the world famous Tube of the U and watch us as we make silly faces at each other. And we try to put this show together just for you. If you've got a record you want us to check out, just drop us a comment wherever you found us. Uh, while you're at it, like, subscribe, and, you know, rate and review this thing as though you liked us, even if you don't. Uh, we've got an album. Uh, excuse me. If you've got an album, that uh, you want us to check out, please shoot it our way. We'll be happy to um, tell you if we like it or not. Uh, be prepared for us not to like it, but we're going to really listen to it. <laughs> and um, we're going to give it a genuine uh, a shot, no matter how terrible we think it may be going into it. So with that, I say this. <laughs> hey, Frank, how you looking, buddy? Oh, man, not only am I styling and profiling, limousine, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, son of a gun, but I also look sharp, my friend. And yes, I stole that from Ric Flair. Of course you did, because it's not yeah. wrestling without I don't that doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> yes, indeedy, old Frankie D is always looking sharp, folks, which is a wonderful thing because we'll be getting all dolled up to check out the 1979 classic Look Sharp by Look Sharp. Joe Jackson. That's right. Uh, why don't we start by introducing the band real quick. On drums is David Hutton. Uh, Graham Maybe on the bass guitar. He's slapping the bass, as the kids say. Gary Sanford, uh, no relation to Sanford or his son, uh, on the guitar. And, of course, David Ian 
uh, better known to you as Joe Jackson on vocals, piano, and even the harmonica. Uh, easy to see that look sharp. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I said that right. Easy to see that look sharp was heavily influenced uh, by reggae music, which in a June 1979 interview, Jackson uh, said that he was, quote, totally immersed in, um, quote, a lot of the tracks are first takes and there are no overdubs, though we think uh, now it's a bit thin. We wanted a bit more live band sort of sound. In retrospect, you always feel there's something you can improve on. Next time, <laughs> excuse me, uh, there's a this bug on my screen and it made it look like I put an apostrophe in some a word that's not an apostrophe. <laughs> Anyways, next time round, we'll figure the guitar a bit more. Uh, I don't know what, oh, feature the guitar. Fucking hey, dude, I'm not reading today. Um, so we know reggae is a big part of the sound Joe Jackson uh, and his band had along with that live energy. How would you describe uh, the band to listeners uh, unaware with his work or unwilling to put up with my reading? Yeah, the best way I would describe it to someone is new wave pub rock. However, it doesn't stop there. I mean, this album personifies that first wave of punk energy. Um, but adds in the ska slash reggae a la The Clash and that pub rock that Costello was doing. Uh, but Jackson's uh, more than that, though, as even in his uh, future records, he stretches to jazz and straight up pop tunes in, in future albums and becomes almost like a composer. And real quick, if I may just add something, um, there is there is an interview going back around the time of, of this record stating because there are. Obviously, there's comparisons between him and Costello. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is what he said, which is I found pretty interesting. And I forgot that as in. But he said, when people started comparing me to Elvis, I thought it was fair enough. Uh, they got to compare me to someone. But then it continued a bit long. And I really got pissed off. Then I got bored with it. And now I'm getting annoyed with it again. Uh, it's just that there's no one else that they can compare me to. It's a very superficial comparison. If you ever met Elvis Costello, you would see we're two totally different people. I find him, <laughs> this is 1979 now, I find him pretty offensive. Uh, Graham Parker, who's another person, Mark, I, I think we don't know too much about, but we maybe should look uh, at getting into. I mm. really like, I think he's uh, genuine. So uh, pretty interesting uh, back history on it. But yeah, Mark, this is 79 in the height, right, of all of this that's going on. Yeah, And, and uh, to your point, Frank, uh, not only was he like a composer, he, he was in fact uh, and yeah. is a composer, yes. Right, right. Um. Anyways, this album took a bit to, to get out. The band actually started recording it in the autumn of 1977 and Ooh. finished in the spring of 1978. Now, this Ooh. is where it gets, gets a little funky, Frank. Oh. Uh, a demo made it into the hands of A&R Records, who, get this, signed Joe Jackson, and they ran straight away back into the studio to re-record the album. Holy uh, smokes. The album, yeah, would go on to reach uh, number 40, uh, that's 4-0, uh, on the UK charts and uh, number 20, uh, that's two zero here in the US. One heck wow. of an album debut for sure. Um, so what do you say we jump into this album there, Frankie? Got my bathing suit on, man. Let's do it. Nice. Okay. Track one, one more time. That's certainly an interesting title for a debut album, right? Uh, we get a broken hearted new wave masterpiece, if you don't mind me saying so. What I love here is that the band really sets the mood for the, the whole record. 
Uh, we're dancing, we're dealing with heartbreak, and everything feels good for the first time in a long time. <laughs> what do you think of this uh, this opener one more time, Frank? This is a fun song, and, and it feels good. The sharpness of the guitar just cuts right through mm-hmm. the listener, man, and it gives the listener uh, that Jackson brand of, of rock. The energy matches the mood, and, and the sense where one needs this energy to get out from what they're trying to to convey or what Jackson here is trying to convey. This is just an all-around fun opener, man, and, and makes you want to dance. Absolutely. And you said something that that kind of sparked a, a, a thought in me. The sharpness of the guitars really matches very well. This is, I believe, number 248 on the Rolling Stone best album covers ever. Wow. So, some number like that. Please don't quote me. It's definitely on that list. But you look at the shoes he's wearing on that album cover, and then you think about that sharp mm. guitar. That correlation's right there, man. This thing is pointed. We He means business. But at the same time, He's here for a good time. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Anyways, track two, Sunday Papers. I love this jump to the, uh, excuse me, I love the jump to this funky little slowed down reggae beat. It's uh, a snarky look at media from well before the wheels came off the media machine we have now. Am I right? Uh, which makes this song feel like just way too modern, especially when Joe reminds us kind of winkingly, uh, quote, they wouldn't print it if it wasn't true, end ha. quote. Uh, Frank, aside from the the radical harmonica solo here, what'd you like about this song or, or what did you dislike about it? Well, I think I, what I love about it is it had this kind of two-tone feel, even though Jackson doesn't have like an overpowering English accent. You could hear it, mm-hmm. but this isn't like the specials also, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel so modern in the sense where, you know, most of what we're hearing, you know, from mainstream is just a bunch of BS. Anyway, I like the strong bass line and the guitar tone. You know, as you mentioned, dislike. I mean, nothing really. I mean, is you know maybe a little long for a tune, but that's me really kind of like stretching here. But uh, it's a really fun. It's a fun number. Very nice, very nice. Track number three. Is she really going out with him? What? <laughs> well, yes, Joe, she is. Thank you. Anyways, <laughs> uh, this one. Uh, uh, excuse me. This is one of the band's biggest hits. I told you, dude. Reading is impossible. Um, it's still one of the band's biggest hits to this day. I don't know about you, Frank, but I was way more familiar with the Goldfinger cover of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the original after revisiting the album this week. Frank, what makes this song so damn special? Yeah, so like most, I, I think this is the first song I, I've heard from him, although it may have been uh, a song stepping out as well, which I, I know was a frequent flyer on the uh in the radio for the uh, grocery store that I worked at. Anyway, however, Goldfinger did did the song justice. And uh, of course, this is, this is a classic. Now what makes the song uh, classic? I think it's that angry expression uh, when we've seen pretty girls dating guys where that you may be questioning the choice, Uh, but what also makes this uh, special, it's this universal appeal. And no matter what genre of music you like, when you hear this song, you know it and you like it. And more times than not, you don't even know who it's by. Yeah, kind of crazy, right? Kind of at it, it's wild. Um, right. I we'll we'll get into that. Uh, track number four. Four. Uh, this is what people say uh, when they see Frank and I out in, in public. 
happy loving couples okay. uh this track is a lot of fun if uh, you don't mind me saying so as joe discusses his his jealousy really for people in relationships um it's got that great 70s kind of funk rock new wave sound before synthesizers just canceled new wave altogether um <laughs> away that is away from the traditional kind of rock and roll sound right synthesizers right, right. add a little something different anyways uh how do you feel about happy loving couples buddy yeah, I love that funky intro, and Jackson does it so well to intrigue you early on with these tracks, and then bam, he hooks you with a super catchy chorus. I mean, that chorus is a songwriter's dream. If one could write mm -hmm. something even close to that, love the song, hands down, love it. Absolutely. Track number five, Throw It Away. Throw It Away. The band really kicks the tempo into overdrive and really rocks this one out. I'm loving uh, how the piano part turns this classic kind of 50s rock sound just way up uh we're we're nearing the midpoint of look sharp frank are you feeling this one or are we uh we're gonna throw it away <laughs> it's a classic 50s feel um mm. from the way the vocals are delivered and that piano it almost feels like it's jerry lee on steroids mm -hmm. uh so i'm feeling this one and there's so many elements of rock and roll that i like all wrapped up into one yummy package of goodness nice yeah. track six six baby stick around hmm. here we get an awesome retro dance song hearkening back to the 50s rock and roller the, the the band showing off their early but uh i don't even know what that means uh <laughs> Um, excuse me, uh, showing off that 50s rock and roll sound they, they played earlier, um, but with a little kind of hand drive turned in here. Uh, pair this, uh, I say, with a little bit of meatloaf-esque uh, harmonies. Uh, I, I absolutely love this. Are you you sticking around for this one? Yeah, more 50s vibe rock, which I, which I adore. Um, what's great is that the foundation, it's, it's still modern for the time, but it doesn't sound outdated at all. Uh, and love those harmonies, and that's a good comparison there on the meatloaf-esque harmony so yeah man pretty pretty good stuff here killer killer all right we're up to track seven look sharp it's Gotta the title track sharp. Ah! um i love this track personally uh it's got some reggae and ska uh flash with a strong rock backbone that drives the song just right along baby frank Ooh. how am i looking Oh boy, man! Every time this song comes on, I just want to—I want a skank to no end. I—I I love, <laughs> love the piercing upstroke guitars, the melodic pre-chorus, and then the pounding chorus. Uh, the piano breakdown in the middle eight is awesome too, showing that strong rock backbone that you just spoke about. Mm -hmm. um, There's a highlight on the album here for me, man, and and I absolutely love it. Excellent. Uh, track eight fools in love again. Ooh. Things people say about Frank and I when they see us in public. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the many things that's so awesome about this album is the pacing of it. Yes. Uh, after a big, fun, dare I say, raucous number like Look Sharp, they bring the tempo right back down with a very cool little reggae groove that builds perfectly around Joe's singing. It's definitely one of my favorite tracks. What do you think, Frank? Yeah, it's one of my favorites as well. This was actually written before he founded the, the band, you know, I guess the Joe Jackson band. Uh, he really wanted something to highlight this new and emerging music. Uh, it's a sinister bass line that keeps going really throughout the song. Mm -hmm. uh, I view this as his watching the detectives. That's my opinion. Ooh, great comparison. Great comparison. Ooh, thank you. So uh, we're back uh, to the next track here, Frank. Track number nine, Do the 
Instamash, man. The Monster Mash. <laughs> this song opens <laughs> up with a rad honky tonk blues riff and the bass drum just pumping and the vibe is so catchy that you'll be bobbing before you know it. Now, this album got dropped the same year as the debut self-titled B-52's record, See It right. Catalog. Catalog. So it's no surprise why it didn't end up on Fred's list of dances uh, that you could do. Uh, because there were a number of them. And I know that Fred would have loved the Instamash. Yes. Now, Frank, you worked in a grocery store. <laughs> Tell us about the Instamash. Whammy, kiss me, whammy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, the, the blues riff actually caught me off guard uh, a little bit. But at, um, but at first listen, this shows like Jackson's ability to take really a whole bunch of different styles and, and write the composition around it. Uh, it may be when I skip maybe more due to the length of the rest of the tunes on this album. But mm -hmm. I mean, talking about what we've already talked about that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, no. when it's all that supermarket trauma too, right? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're going to get out of the sad talk and therapy time with Frank back to track 10 with pretty girls. You know, Jackson himself would go on to speak negatively in that same interview I mentioned earlier of of this song, Pretty Girls, saying, quote, it's all about pretty girls walking down the street. And oh, wow, isn't that a turn on in respect in retrospect? It's kind of a stinker. It's embarrassing oogling girls. I mean, that's kind of lame. It's just childish and silly and derivative. But I was 22 when I wrote it. There you go. Not everyone can be a prodigy. Um, man, that, that reminds you a lot of last week's conversation. Oh. It, Frank? Um, it's just, uh, love. I just love pretty women. Like that feeling that you get that, that pretty woman feel that this kind of has. And I I'm stuck to it. I, he's got a point. I don't disagree with it, but you know, as the artist, it's interesting that he said that. What, um, what's the issue, Frankie? Yeah, Mark, you know, I, I agree that it's like, has that pretty woman, the song by Warburson that is a feel mm -hmm. kind of style to the song. And I can see when you get older looking back and being like, Oh, that was just like a filler or a throwaway tune, but it's fun, man. And to me, that's what this album is at the end of the day. Fun. I, I really can't believe this wasn't a single. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. Anyways, track 11, track 11, got the time. Oh, big let me, Frank. Let me get my watch. Big punk rock energy here really pulling from their English roots and channeling uh, some clash and maybe even some sex pistols. <laughs> I love the line. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, I love the line. No such thing as tomorrow. Only one, two, three, go. Um, a fun and ruckus, raucous number to the end, uh, to end the album on for sure. Reading is very difficult. Most of the world can't do this language. I'm, I'm doing it pretty good. You are. Um, but anyways, how does it work with you to close out this album, Frank? Yeah, so I'll confess to thinking that for years this was an Anthrax song. <laughs> I mean, when I found out about it and I knew of Joe Jackson, I'm like, wow, Jackson. I'm like, again, again, I was amazed at just the impact he has had and has on on um, you know, all these bands. And most people don't even know. It. I bet all the Anthrax fans go out there and they think that this is a... Uh, an anthrax song uh jackson would say that this song gave the drummer uh dave karen's a lot of trouble due to its fast nature uh, i love it as the closer and i love the frantic nature and i love how live jackson would dedicate this to anyone who has led a hectic life what a tune what a closer gets me pumped up man 
Nice. All right. Time for our, our final thoughts. Final Why don't you take thoughts. the lead on this one, you sharp-dressed daddy? Oh, Thank you. What a pal. What a pal. Uh -huh. So this album and Joe Jackson, uh, in general, I think is an important piece uh, in that first wave of punk, reggae, ska, new wave, pub, and basically anything met at each at, at those crossroads at the end of the day. Uh, he's one of those guys that write so many tunes that, again, most don't know because they don't know who he is. Uh, this album is just what it says. It, it's sharp, sharp upstrokes on the guitar that make you want to dance in your pristine suit and your hat and your sharply pointed boots. Mm -hmm. uh, not only do I suggest this to anyone into that early punk and Costello, but I also suggest his even jazzier tunes uh, as he progresses, and it makes you feel good inside. And this is a sharp mark, 9 Ooh. out of 10 for me. Nice. Uh, it's probably not a surprise to you at this point, but I, I love this record. Really? Uh, no, I know, right? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, it sounds great. The energy is totally infectious. You know, is she going out with him was never a huge hit, but it's certainly, uh, uh, it's certainly a fan number that deserves its uh its praise a fun number holy crap um boogity babadi boo i've been doing I, too much reading today too much work on the computer folks see, it's bad for your eyes. yeah bad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh anyways i was saying uh it, it you know is she going out with him really deserves the, the praise it got um but this album is so much more than that track um because this whole thing is, is, is just so damn good I, that I'd rather have these deep tracks um, and this pop sound than an overloaded album. Right. Uh, you know, if this had been 15 tracks and I got four filler songs instead, where I really think between Frank and I, there's one or two. Yeah. Right. So absolutely, it, it, it's a great record. I know I kind of lost my train of thought there and I apologize, but definitely a great record. Totally worth just all uh, checking it out. I happen to have uh, uh, a highly coveted. I'm going to say it's a highly coveted. It's probably not a, a <laughs> promo cut of this record. Ooh. It's totally also also giving it a nine out of 10. Nice. Um, a sharp nine out of 10. Yeah. And, and I think anyone. Uh, I recommend this record to you, you know, unless and his other fun. records too, man. Yeah. I, I've been really enjoying his 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 like stepping out as a tune. Like I okay in that yeah. same grocery store when it was playing for like the umpteenth time, I'd get annoyed. But being far removed from that uh, and just listening to when that song comes on, I'm like it, it, it's a, it's a killer tune, and that that's some really good pop music. Yeah, yeah, he's got great salsa work, and again, mm -hmm. he's a classical composer. This dude's insane, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, that was certainly a fun time. It certainly was. You know, I was thinking about uh, title tracks, as I often do yeah, when it comes too. to full album listening experience. So I thought it would be fun if we came up with a list of some of our uh, absolute favorite title tracks. Uh, we'll leave Look Sharp off the list since we just covered it. Uh, and But let's let's be totally honest here. It would be on the running uh, for this list because that, that song not only exemplifies the album, but uh, just absolutely is a killer track. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Frank, I want you to give the number one answer. So if it's all right with you, I'm going to go first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Cool. So I'm going to start us off. The Swinging Utters, Fistful Ooh. of Hollow, released in 2014 on Fat Records. Fistful of Hollow walks this beautiful line that the band has been working on of just pure punk rock roots and the um, its Americana leanings without the fear of straying too far uh, from either style because they're so good at this 
and that it doesn't matter which way it sways, it stays right down the middle. And Fistful of Hollows just perfectly exemplifies the album in that way. Oh, good one. Good one, man. Mm-hmm. I think that's your favorite of the later Utters albums, isn't that? Ooh. Uh, no, I think Peace and Love oh, is ahead of it. But okay. this is definitely a very close second to that. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, mine is Tom Petty, You're Gonna Get It. Um, mm-hmm. This is. I feel this album gets overlooked, but uh, it's so good. And the title track, You're Gonna Get It, is just killer. It's edgy and it captures really the heartbreakers at the time. Uh, really crafting their sound so that's that's mine very nice my next one's um very mid-90s punk band that if you weren't familiar with fat uh fat or epitaph whatever they were on uh you would have missed burning heart right it's a melancholin home from home did i say that wrong i always say it wrong no melancholin okay cool um home from home this was a, a blissful smack in the ears uh, it came out when it came out in 2002, excuse me. Uh, it's a high point in the band's career with its hook heavy and rock forward 13 tracks. The last of which they saved for the title track and uh, for an album packed with tracks like uh, Man or Mouse, Black Eye, Kemp, Happiness for Dogs, and even Greener Grass. I think any of those titles would have lived up to being a great title track for this album. However, um, you know, just the intensity that these track back, but unapologetically uh, rocks out in a, in homage of being able to play music for a living. I said that somehow backwards and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. They, excuse me. What I was trying to say is that they, they, uh, they slow down for the last track home from home and then it, it rocks out and it's awesome. And it, it really uh, is a tribute killer tribute to being self-aware in that way of yeah. understanding how privileged you are to play music. I, yeah. There Thank you, go. Frank. Yeah, you got <laughs> it, man. Yeah, no, another underrated band. Uh, they're so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven, Mark, what a shock, right? The 59 Sound Gaslight Anthem mm-hmm. song, the 59 Sound, uh, a band that really made me feel like I was listening to music for the first time. Uh, it's in their sophomore effort. They really captured the entire sound in this one song about loss, heartache. It's absolutely beautiful. The 59 Sound. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you with that choice more. Um, the Menzingers on the Impossible Past. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. What can I say about this record or song that you haven't already heard me gush about when it comes to the Menzingers? Uh, so much about this record is about looking back on things as they were. Uh, that on the Impossible Past really is the best name for both the album and the song. It goes. Uh, uh, excuse me. It's got this this hopeless, uh, hopeful feeling that is heartbreaking and enduring at the same time and will always be in all I, I will always be in mem- all of the menzingers for being able to express that so wonderfully yeah as i could not oh, just so now. good just <laughs> <laughs> so good so good uh five another shocker mark but london calling the clash mm-hmm. it's the clash and it's london calling that's all i need to say yeah well said well said frank uh, so for I'm up to number four already. We're up to number four. American Woo! Psycho by The Misfits. The Misfits. The first album without dancing, and honestly, one of my favorites. I know. Same here. It's so crazy. So uh, crazy. Michael Graves uh, handles the vocals on this record. Um, now, disagreeing with his politics aside, uh, I really like the energy and excitement he brought to the band uh, with his addition. Plus, it's one of the best sounding Misfits uh, albums 
to boot. Uh, I you put anything against it, it just sounds fucking oh my better. God, yeah. Uh, and it's no surprise that they made a tongue-in-cheek horror movie record, and it worked amazingly. So, yeah, I think this is just one of those that hit a lot of hardcore Misfits fans by surprise because right away you're like, oh no, singer, it's not gonna be like Danzig. And I remember getting Resurrection on a tape, and I was like, oh, I really like the song Resurrection. Then I heard Dig Up her bones mm-hmm. and of course american psycho and you're like whoa wait a minute this is from the same yeah. album <laughs> hate the living love the dead my friend oh oh the shining right mm-hmm. i mean so good uh it's it's so good what's uh speak of the devil yeah oh. the, it's it's the perfect yeah, we're getting, record yeah i'm sorry dancing's not on it but fuck you it's better yeah absolutely it's an actual record it's an actual record <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, number three. I mean, these are just surprises for Mark all the way, but Rain Dogs by Tom Waits. Yeah, Mark, you know what this record is. I knew that you would put this on here. Absolutely. Yeah, I, know, I, know I wasn't sure where it would end up, but yeah, I knew it was coming. Um, you know, this record means a lot to me. And man, oh man, this song captures the sound of what Waits was trying to go for. And it's not even the highlight on the record, but uh, for me personally, but it's so good. It's so awkward. You can't even figure it out sometimes uh, while listening to it, which adds really to the replay value. Uh, so Rain Dogs from the Waits album, Rain Dogs. Yeah. And I mean, that's what the beauty of Waits, right? Is oh. that he's he's like QAnon. Like, yeah. it's just the more you read into it, the crazier you get. You can't and figure it out. Just, right. And you just need to keep looking into it because you need to be that crazy. Oh, and my it's, God. It's, it's perfect in that sense. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. Comparison. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, politics aside, uh, number two, <laughs> the Rolling Stones, some girl. What a choice. Oof. Yeah. Some girls, man. Frank and I were chatting about the Stones uh, some time ago, and he mentioned this album. So naturally, you know, like kind of like a, a tick in the back of my head, I had to scratch it. I went back and uh, just it fell just right back in love with this record. So uh, good. if legend is to be believed, then this album and song should probably be the first thing people think of when they think of the Rolling Stones. It's the sex. It's the drugs. It's all that rock and roll. Um, it's all there is in its purest, most beautiful Rolling Stones form. It's I can't. Yeah. It, it's so good. And and if you think about it, too, by this time, this was late 70s again, right? I mean, they could have just made crap from from really that point on all the way to 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 where we're at now, 2021 and still be the Stones. But this shows you what a great band they are, because then they put out something that, again, people didn't expect it to be that good. And it's highly regarded out of all those other albums too that the band has as one mm-hmm. of their as one of their best i mean it's unbelievable yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more it's unbelievable and mark i'd, I'd be an ass if i didn't really put this one on there but it's born to well, run it's born oh to run. i can't believe that ended up there <laughs> i mean again i'd be an ass if i didn't pick this i know it's overplayed and yes uh the album has potentially better tunes however the song of course captures the the wanting to get out of the environment you're in which is the constant theme of the album uh and it's one of the best rock and roll albums of all time so i you know i again i would be a real jerk if i didn't put that as number one yeah and, and honestly uh the album and the song truly capture the essence of bruce springsteen yeah in his most you know kind of luxurious way sure does. Uh, or not luxurious way his his most uh honest way like yep. that that is the most pure bruce we could find totally um hot dang frank Woo. boy can we make a list and without <laughs> all those annoying ads i know like most lists on the interwebs i know we're so um, awesome i said interwebs because i'm 12 
<laughs> what are we listening to next week? You're 12. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to have fun, man. Oh, man. I am having fun. I'm not trying. Yes. Well, yeah. speaking of 12, mm-hmm. uh, I have someone who uh-huh. wants 12. Uh, they're older now, but mm-hmm. they want 12. And this is the album I'm going to suggest. <laughs> you, you son of a bitch. I am. I am. Because <laughs> I don't have it on the script. So Mark has no idea <sighs> what I'm about to say. Uh it could be it could be anything. I mean, it could be I, I like un- uncovered a secret Greta Van Fleet album, and I'm like, here you go, Mark. I'm- Can you see how sweaty my palms are? Just <laughs> yeah. anticipation. I do, I do. Clammy, a little clammy. Yeah, a little clammy. I'm gonna be honest with you, a little clammy. <laughs> and I gotta have another bowl of chili. <laughs> I mean, that's which, actually gonna happen. It's nothing to do with my clammy hands, which tastes so good the day after. It, it really does. I was like, I know. Gosh darn! I should have made this Saturday. <laughs> And it, it's a good bowl of chili. It's nice. It is. It is. Message me for the recipe. I'll, I'll send it out there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mark's chili. Do you have a? Do, do we have a official name for it, or just Mark's chili? Oh, for the chili itself. Because I was yeah. thinking about calling myself uh, Chubby's World Famous Second Place Chili Company. <laughs> and this, it was supposed to be like a barbecue sampler platter. Right. All right, a little brisket in there. It's pork shoulder. I had some mm. sausage, and then I did like this barbecue sauce stuff mm. with it that kind of adds to like the juicy flavor of it. But uh, like, it comes across as barbecue sauce, and there's beans in it and corns in barbecue it. Barbecue sauce. And then you take a piece of cornbread and you toast it in the skillet, and you put a little butter on it. And while it's getting all like yummy and golden brown, you flip it over and you throw a slice of American cheese on it. Uh, and then you stick that on top of the, the bowl of chili and you eat it like it's French onion soup because I'm sophisticated, mother. Wow. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, so just hit me up for recipes. Professional fat guy, Mark Cheever. Absolutely. Wow. I think we got to end the episode there. No, we can't because oh, I have to yeah, tell you. Tell me what's next. Week. <laughs> All right, Mark, you love the blues, right? I do. You do. You really do. Mm-hmm. And you love B.B. King. I do love B.B. King. Right. It's not BB King album, but okay. the person I'm going to recommend to you is a person who opened for BB King when he was 12 years old. And oh. this guy has a catalog and a half of blues albums. And it's someone I've been wanting to get into also. Sure. That person is Joe Bonamesa. Nice. Hell yeah. Now he's got a whole bunch of albums, right? And I picked based on two things. Um, one is just by, of course, recommendation. And one is some covers on there that that I think are are, are pretty cool too. So the album we're going to be looking at it's a little long, but I mm-hmm. really want us to look into it. Uh, it's 2009's "The Ballad of John Henry." All right, hey. I did. I was not expecting. I know. Uh, I was expecting more pop music. If I'm being perfectly honest, wasn't sure. expecting a blues. Joe Bon. I, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm going to ruin his name 900 times. Uh, try, you trying to say Mr. Bananasa. Um, <laughs> Fantastic guitar player. Fantastic yeah. guitar player. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. So I'm really excited cool. to see uh, the album. I'm not familiar with the Ballad of John Henry specifically. Right. But I'm interested to see what you dig and what you don't dig, because this will help me. Yeah. I got some more blues records for you and we can kind of have some fun that way. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Hells yes. Cool. Cool. I'm glad your interest is peaked, my friend. And, and thank you. For, thank you, everyone, for listening. Like, subscribe, rate, review. And most importantly, stay safe out there. Yeah, please. And now, folks at home, if you'll say it with me, oh, my, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs>